today on Ready to Lead. I bring it back to the oxygen mask analogy that when we, when we understand that we are taking care of ourselves by, by creating a high oxygen environment, the motive of that is what? To be able to serve other people better. Right. And so where, where this gets misconstrued is, well, because you hear a lot of talk of, I need me time and I, it's okay to, to pamper yourself. It is, but to what, to what end is the, is the differentiator. And so what I, what I shared was when we intentionally invest in ourselves with the motive to bless the lives of others, that selfishness actually enables us to be sustainably self selfless. And, And that's the key sustainability. When we don't invest in ourselves for the motive of blessing the lives of others, then we, we overextend ourselves. We run out of oxygen. We, we aren't our best selves. And and then we become either hangry or, or bitter or, or, or resentful. But when our tank is full and our foundation is solid, and it's because we're, we're really existing to bless the lives of other people, we in turn then receive more oxygen as other people's lives are blessed. And this awesome virtuous cycle continues. But we have to be clear on our motive as to why we're preparing ourselves. And if it's just for me time and only me time, that, that might be needed in a season for healing and for regrouping. But if that's constant and it's not for the motive of blessing other people's lives, it doesn't sustain, I found. Welcome to Ready to Lead, a show that gives you, the leader, tools, tips, and insights you need to grow your team, your company, and yourself. Welcome back to another episode of Ready to Lead. I am your host, Richard Lindner, and joining me today is the one and only, the lovely, the talented, the ever-smiling, always happy, and everyone's favorite coach, Mr. Dr. President Jeff Mask. (laughs) Well, hello. (laughs) Doctor today. All right. (laughs) Just threw that one in there. Hello, everybody. So happy to be with you. I'll tell you, Jeff, I am happy to, it's going to sound weird. To not be with you. We're going to unpack that a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, you're truly one of my favorite people to, to be around virtually or in person. And I want to start today's episode off by sharing just the most meta story ever, which will make my previous uh, statement make a little bit more sense and seem less mean, which I instantly regret saying that (laughs) before unpacking the story, because it kind of just seemed like I was a jerk to you and I wasn't. No, it was good. I feel it. Um, I feel it. <laughs> so today we're going to be tackling a topic of like rituals and routines. Like, How do we really prepare ourselves to show up, not just physically, but mentally? What are the routines that you need to go, go through to just be there powerfully and, and, and lead from a place of power? And here's the meta or almost like guilty admission. This is the second time that we're recording this episode. The first time was a miserable horrible failure, just epic. epic. Failure. <laughs> and, and why do you think it was a failure, Jeff? Well, the irony of it all. So, so we're face to face in mm-hmm. Austin, super cool. We're like, oh, we're here. We might as well record an episode where we're used to recording in this virtual world. First time we were doing it face to face. And we just kind of jumped in because we were so excited to be together and to record together and to kind of play off each other's energy. We just kind of stumbled into the episode recording. And it just flopped and we kept trying to regain the flow and it just was not going well. And it it was like, 
a good oh, hour maybe we through time to cut at some it. stuff out because it was just yeah it was, <laughs> it was not good we get done and we're like yeah and neither of us really want to admit that it sucked because <laughs> we, we just felt like i don't want you to feel mm. bad or what and then we realized now this was just terrible it felt terrible and then we stopped and we said the irony we're talking about routines and rituals and yet we didn't do our normal routine and ritual before the podcast nope. recording and like palm on forehead wow what a moment we got to share we that did story not intentionally and how important these rituals prepare, are and it didn't go well <laughs> who would have thunk it it was it was so funny i remember walking out and just it was it was like that i don't know what to say mm-hmm. and then finally i don't remember if it was you or if it was me said it's completely unusable, right? <laughs> it was like, yeah, yeah. That was an hour of our lives that we will never get back. But boy, what awesome an amazing learning. validation of today's topic. So something we've done, uh, I don't know, 30 times or so by now. And gosh, probably near a, a decade of knowing one another. So right. it's not like it was the first time. And it's a topic that we are both painfully versed in. So it wasn't that. It just, we showed up for something we should have been able to do. I think that's the point of today's episode. We should have been able to do it. Nothing should have gone wrong. If anything, we were in an environment more conducive of us right. to, to, to really show up. And it was an epic failure. And I think that's why we have to dive in and look at, at, at rituals and routines and, and how we need to use them in our lives as leaders. And I mean, leaders, not leaders at work, just globally, where are we called to, to lead and how do we, how do we identify critical points where we need to make sure that a ritual or a routine exists so that we aren't just physically showing up, but we're, we're mentally showing up like we are prepared to perform at our best we're prepared to give our best to the people and the place that we're at currently because i'll tell you man i didn't give you my best you didn't give me yours Mm -hmm. and had we just said we put the effort in let's send it to the editor chop it up make it work and put it out we wouldn't have given the listeners our best we wouldn't have given the editor our best i mean that person would have been like these guys are morons (laughs) Because <laughs> we just, again, threw volume at just a bad situation. We just kind of kept talking. So totally. I think what I'd love to unpack on today's episode is if we were to think of ourselves like a professional athlete, right? Where would we identify those points in our lives where a ritual or a routine needs to exist? And then how would we go about creating it? And, and I, I think you, and you're the one that taught me this, like, I think professional athletes are, are just such a great analogy and parallel to this because you look at a professional athlete, mm-hmm. let's take a WNBA or an NBA player. They're going to have a routine or a ritual before they shoot a free throw. That we all see that. 100%. If you compared 20 different WNBA and NBA players, I bet you very few of them would have the same routine. When do they step up? Right. Do they touch their leg? How many times do they bounce the ball? Do they spin it backwards? Like, what are they doing before they actually get in their motion and take their shot? What we probably don't see is what's their ritual in the locker room before they come out? What's their ritual mm-hmm. before they leave the hotel or the home to, to go 
to the arena? What's the ritual the night before the game? Like, what are all these different points? The same thing with maybe a golfer before they step up and they hit a drive. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a difference between the second hole routine and the first hole routine. So if all of those things in professional athletes that are paid to perform are there, where do those exist in our life? So I think that's what we unpack because I think each of us have probably shown up physically, but not mentally prepared, not emotionally mm -hmm. there. And I think that if you go back and you were to look at times where things that should have been easy were hard, you might be able to pinpoint it and say, it's the way I showed up. It, it, I was there, but mm -hmm. I wasn't there. So how do we make sure that totally. we take into account our day? We take into account external yeah. factors in our lives and, and just being busy to say, where do, how do I use a ritual or a routine insert into my life where to make sure that when I show up, I'm, I'm actually there. It's my best self. So how do we figure yeah, that out? Definitely. Well, before I answer that, I think I, it's important to answer the question, why this topic mm, then? That's, that's so the point. We, we shared our little meta story. Well, why did we even start this a week ago? Because this theme is popping across multiple clients, across multiple continents. What's th this theme, meaning routines and rituals, is becoming more and more prevalent and important. Why? Because life is changing. Because life's evolving in different ways. People used to have routines that work. Now they don't. So clients that I'm working with are saying, man, I used to do this in the morning, or I used to do this when I got home, or now I just don't quite have the same routine. And I just don't feel like I'm at the top of my game mm -hmm. like I once was. So I think it's important for each of us to ask, are we at the top of our game? If we are, what are we doing to do that? If we aren't, why not? And then also ask, what roles do we play where we need to be at the top of our game? What's the highest priorities for us? And how do we prepare accordingly so that when we do show up, just as you said, Richard, it's not just physical. We're there physically, we're there mentally, we're there emotionally, we're super present. And so I've worked with multiple clients around what are their routines and rituals and how do we upgrade them? How do we level them up to the today's standards that are needed in order for us to get to where we want to go? Because what got us where we are isn't mm. going to get us where we need to go, especially now when things are just evolving. Yeah, look, full admission. So, I'm one of those clients and, and I'm pretty intentional about my, my rituals and my routines. I know what I, I need to do. And, and I think the point that I went to Jeff with is, I don't think this is working anymore. And, and if we're going to stick mm -hmm. with the analogy, right, of, of a professional athlete, I mean, think about the, again, the parallels there, professional athletes age at something that, that someone who would be considered an older professional athlete, we would consider young in life. But to them, right. I mean, 24, 25, depending if you're in, in NBA, NFL, something like that. I mean, you're like, whoa, I'm getting up there. 26, 27. Right. Why? Because the, the, the younger batch that are, that are of kids that are coming out of college or that are coming straight into the mm -hmm. league, you're talking 18, 19, 20. The stuff totally. that you did when you were 18, totally. 19, 20 as a professional athlete, the way that you prepared, what you had to do to get your body ready is going to change from the time that you're 18 right. or 20 as a professional athlete to when you're 23, 25, 26, wh whatever that is. And especially 100%. when you're preparing, I mean, when you're, when you're competing against people that are younger. Now the competition may totally. be out of that, but for us, as our companies change, as the world changes, as the stress on our team members change and ourselves change, how do we need to change our routines to, to be full? Right. Right. An analogy that comes to me as well, for those of you that 
like the proper football globally. Think of Ronaldo and Messi. Mm. Think of how much older they are in, in the leagues. Their preparation now and their routines, you can better believe, are different than their 22-year-old, 18-year-old counterparts who they once were as the, as the world stars that they are. They've got to be different. And so, yes, to perform at the highest levels, we have to understand our own personal rituals and routines and be willing and humble enough and self-aware enough to know when to upgrade them, when to up-level them. And the current state of things is a great forcing function for us to have this conversation. So now to ask, answer the previous question, you said, mm -hmm. so how do we do it? What, what, what do we do? How, how do we make that happen? I think it's important to, rather than us put a blanket, here's what to do and prescribe exactly what it needs to be. I don't think that's the most effective approach. I do think the uh, effective approach is for each listener right now, ask yourself, what are my most critical roles in my life? And is it, is it a leader at work? Is it a leader at home? Is it a church or community leader? Wh whatever those roles are and to ask what does really performing at the highest level at that particular role look like? And then what will need to be true in my thoughts, in my words, and in my actions to make sure that I can perform at that level that I need to do to help people feel and create and change and do whatever they need to do because of my influence and my leadership. So rather than us saying, oh, it has to be this, you need to do that. No, we'll give some examples, of course, but I want it to be super relevant and very applicable personally for each person listening versus, oh, that was nice to hear, but it's not really affecting me. I want this to really deeply affect you. I want this episode to, to ideally be life-changing for you so that the roles that you are playing, you can play at the highest level in a way that those that you're working with, leading and affecting can be affected so positively that they feel the impact. They feel the positive wake versus just kind of, huh, we're there. And the more intentional we are about the roles, the more powerfully we can get to that outcome mm. that we desire. So I think first question is, what, what roles do you want to level up? And what does performing at its highest level look like? And now what needs to be true in your routines and your behaviors and your rituals? to make sure that you show up ready, prepared, hey, maybe ready to lead. Hey, what a little nice little pun there. But to really be, to be showing up ready to lead in each of those roles. So should we dig into a yeah, few of them, Richard? Just to set the stage for this, I think you said something that was, and I'm probably going to butcher it, so please correct me, but in the episode that will never air, you said something that to me, I was like, well, I've never heard it said like that or thought about it like that in my preparation, but how do you take the time to be intentional, intentionally selfish so that you can, you have enough to be selfless or something like you said mm -hmm. it. And it was just so smooth and off the cuff. And, and I don't even real. I, I think it was just something you say, but to me, mm -hmm. that was that nugget that really just stuck around that seed that planted where it was like, yeah, when I think about my routines, I do need to be selfish in my routines because the routines that I need right. to create, the rituals that I need to create need to be to fill me up right? To put me in the best possible place so that I, I'm not responding to me and my needs when I'm, you know, when I'm called to lead someone else. Right. I think, cause I think that's right. That's what happens, right? We're so rarely do we respond to other people. We're usually just responding to ourselves. So if we can show up full, if we can show up from a powerful place of it's not about me, I'm good. 
I got it. Mm-hmm. Whether that's your your marriage, whether that's with your child, whether that's with marriage or partnership or whatever that looks like. Your team. Whether it's with right. your team, mm-hmm. whether it's with your a, a, a business partner, the board, whatever. Maybe you're coaching children or you're, you're, you're doing something there. Like, how do you show up to where you're good? You're right. full. In fact, you're so full that you have to give away. You got to get empty. So how do you fill yep. up so that you can empty it out just to fill it up again? But that's how I like to, to right. look at that. And you just, when you said that last week, it was like, wow, that, that is such a succinct way to say it. Now you say it the right way. Cause I know I butchered it. <laughs> <laughs> the right way. I don't know, but maybe a different way is once again, I bring it back to the oxygen mask analogy that when we, when we understand that we are taking care of ourselves by, by creating a high oxygen environment, the motive of that is what? To be able to serve other people better, right? And so where, where this gets misconstrued is, well, because you hear a lot of talk of, I need me time and I, it's okay to, to pamper yourself. It is, but to what, to what end is the, is the yeah. differentiator. And so what I, what I shared was when we intentionally invest in ourselves with the motive to bless the lives of others, that selfishness actually enables us to be sustainably self selfless. And, and that's the key sustainability. When we don't invest in ourselves for the motive of blessing the lives of others, then we, we overextend ourselves. We run out of oxygen. We, we aren't our best selves. And, and then we become either hangry mm. or, or bitter or, or, we re, or resentful. But when our tank is full and our foundation is solid, and it's because we're, we're really existing to bless the lives of other people, we in turn then receive more oxygen as other people's lives are blessed and this awesome virtuous cycle continues. But we have to be clear on our motive as to why we're preparing ourselves. And if it's just for me time and only me time, that, that might be needed in a season for healing and for regrouping. But if that's constant and it's not for the motive of blessing other people's lives, it doesn't sustain, I found. So yeah. important, but can be difficult to, to find that line. And each person's a little bit different. It's important to self-discover and figure out what, what amount of oxygen you need and what does oxygen mean for you? And what are those routines and rituals that do provide the oxygen necessary to then sustainably bless the lives of other people? Yeah, that's great. So for me, when I look at the, the areas of my life, um, there, there's two obvious giant categories, right? There's personal and professional, and then there's subcategories inside of each. If we start with professional, maybe that'll be easier for everyone to then break down personal, but starting with Mm. professional for me, right? There are different aspects of professional challenges that I need to do, or I need to to be prepared for not challenges, but different, uh, different requirements of me that, that Mm. I need to prepare for differently. And, and I'll tell you, when I was early in leadership and especially in executive leadership, I didn't prepare for meetings in, in a, in a powerful way. Hmm. Like, I mean, I prepared to right. know what I was going to talk about and to know my numbers. That's what I always heard. Know your number, know your number, know your number, right? Always know your numbers, but I didn't actually prepare mm-hmm. in a meaningful way. One of the biggest breakthroughs that I, that I had professionally was going in and putting a 15 minute buffer before every meeting and then having a a routine of review my numbers, ask what is the story that the numbers are telling? What is the, or what is any context or what, if any context needs to be added to those numbers to tell Mm -hmm. the actual story, what do I need from the room? What can I give to the room? 
And yeah. when I showed up show, to the meetings in going through that, they were easier, they were more powerful, and other people started asking different questions. So I was able to, to have an effect on my peers who I was not charged to lead. But 15 minutes plugged in a couple of times. And, and, and I'm thankful that I did that at a time where I was, I was leading, but I wasn't leading to the level I am now. Like I, I wasn't called to lead the same right. number of people in the same ways, because had I figured that out mm -hmm. any later, I would have, I would have missed some critical stuff. Like now I have a different preparation for one-on-one -on -one meetings. I have a different preparation for mm -hmm. my, my weekly meeting with my partners. I have a different preparation for the leadership team meeting. I have a different preparation for uh, uh, quarterly sprint planning and for monthly business mm -hmm. reviews. And, and I have a different preparation for our monthly all hands that's company-wide. Each of those, I have a ritual and a routine, but they all kind of start with what Jeff said earlier. What do people need to know? What do people need to think? What do people need to feel? So if I'm, I'm starting with that, asking the question, then going through and making sure that if I can identify those things, then how do I make sure that I'm coming to a place where I can do that? And it starts for me, it's all about thinking of them, not me. Mm -hmm. Right? The, some of the best Great. stage teachers, like people that get on stage and it, with the goal of teaching, not with like motivational speaking, but even motivational speakers have seen themselves as teachers, not performers. And the best performers think about the audience first. So I think so much of our gunk is about how do I sound? How do I look? Totally. How am I being perceived? Me, 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 me. What if it's them? Yep. What did they hear? How did I make their lives easier, their job better? How did I enable them to grow the company? How did I give them a path? I think that's so much of the preparation is just a pivot in mindset. But for me, totally. that was a giant breakthrough. So when I'm talking about professionally, mm -hmm. like those are the individual, like those are my free throws, but that's how I'm going to show up. Before I'm going to mm. shoot a free throw, that's like my pre-meeting reps. I got to go yeah. through that routine. Now, sometimes I'm shooting a free throw that's just like an and one, great. Sometimes I'm shooting a free throw and it's like, if I miss these, we lose the game. So maybe yeah. even within that, there's some additional preparation based on the urgency of it or, or the stress level, level of it. But like, those are the individual things that I do, but I also have a, how do I end my day? How do I start my day? Right? Yeah. So as, as I'm sharing these things, hopefully you're starting to say, ah, wait a second. I have weekly one-on-ones with these people. What are the rituals or routines I need to go through to make sure that I'm prepared, but I'm also prepared to give, to serve in those times, to hold accountable, which is, which is giving. Definitely. Definitely. Study anyone who you admire, who is performing at a high level, personally or professionally. Unpack what's happening. Guarantee you they have routines and rituals. Guaranteed. And, and some people hear that and go, but I'm not a rigid, robotic, planned mm. person. I'm much more free-flowing. So this doesn't really connect with me. I get, I get that. I, I definitely do. I have a creative wife who is amazing, who... When she hears rigid structures and routines, she, she recoils. She's like, that's not mm. how I roll. However, she can apply these in other ways. And before she goes to a photo shoot, she has some things that she says and does, and she does actually have a routine. Now don't tell her when and how to do it. Just have her create that on her own. And she does that. So if you're creative as well, 
or you don't like rigidity, I hope you're not discounting this episode. There are still ways that any personality can apply the principles here of, Mm -hmm. of rituals and routines. It doesn't have to be every morning at 6.02 AM, right? That that's for someone who's not rigid, that's super frustrating and it feels suffocating. But what it is, is intentionality. It's starting with the end in mind. As, as Richard just mentioned, what do I want people to think and to know and to feel, and then ultimately to do when we start any major initiative with that outcome, and it's about other individuals and about an end game that I see, then I start from that end and work backwards to make sure that we can create an environment that ensures that that outcome will, will, will occur. But if we're not intentional and we don't stop and plan and think, it's just going to kind of flow the way that then the universe will like to make it flow. And because the law of entropy is real and because there's all sorts of chaos going on around us, you better believe that the outcome won't be as powerful if we don't intentionally will things to happen and communicate in ways that can create a different outcome based on the generative language of uh, uh, generative power of our language alone. That's, that's a, again, another episode in and of itself that we'll have to get on, but the point of it is intentionality in our language and our thoughts and in our, in our words and in our actions to really create a new outcome, regardless of what role we're in, regardless of what situation we're talking and about. And I love that you said, one, I love that you covered, what if you're a creative? I've had the pleasure of lead, leading several creatives. And for me, that was one of the, the most difficult things to do the first time is because I think as yeah. a leader, one of my original sins and first failures was to be like, I know. Everyone just needs to do what I do the way that I do it. And then you're Everyone's welcome. Like me, right? Like I fixed it. <laughs> Boy, was, was that just such a logical lie, right? I mean, acknowledging right. who are people at their core, like what is their level of genius? What is their working genius? Like, who are they? And then how can I help them to th- implement the things that are going to make them great, not the things that make me better. Right. So, and I, I think that's, that's important. And, and if you're creative and you're listening to this and go like, I'm not going to have rituals or routines. You do. I mean, in the same way, Jeff was talking about his wife, Sherry, like she has routines right. that she's going to go through to make sure that when she shows up, she's creative. She's coming from right. a place of, of fullness where she's able to really tap into her creative energy and genius and talent. She's not doing that so that she's making great pictures. Right. Right. Like I, I'm taking mm-hmm. great for photographs because I did this. Yes, but it's not, I'm not doing this to, to create art. I'm doing this to enable myself to be creative. And I think some of it is just mindset. So Jeff also mentioned at exactly 602 waking up. It's why we didn't, it's why we we're talking about rituals and routines, not morning routines. That is one of the number one Mm -hmm. questions I am asked is what's your morning routine. And I think it's an important question, but not until you understand why, why a routine, why a ritual. Why do it in the morning? Why not do it in the afternoon? I do both. I have a, a, a startup routine and a shutdown routine. I don't call them a morning and an evening routine. You know why? Because sometimes as an entrepreneur, sometimes as a, as a leader, sometimes as, as a, a dad or a husband, I got to start up and it ain't morning because right. I don't get to be that rigid. So what Jeff said, like mm-hmm. vocabulary words matter. I don't have a morning routine. I have a startup routine. I have an evening routine. I have a shutdown routine. Sometimes I need to shut down. It's the middle of the day. Sometimes I need to start up. It's the middle of the damn night. Mm -hmm. If I called Mm -hmm. it my morning routine, I wouldn't do it. Then I'd show up in an amazing set in a really cool room with a guy I've known forever. 
doing something, recording a podcast I've done a million times and I'd totally blank. I'd waste the opportunity. Ask me how I know. Done it as recently as just now. Right. Right. As recently as last week. <laughs> so that's why we didn't title this morning routine, but I think that's one of the best ways to start because it covers so many of the vocations of your life. How do you start in the mm-hmm. morning to make sure that you're full for the day? You're not starting at a, at a deficit when things are just getting going. So identify, I think it was important to go in and identify the different areas. What are your free throws, free throw attempts within, in your professional mm-hmm. day, like that you would need to prepare? What right. are those meetings? What are those different presentations? When do you need to intentionally focus on someone else in, in a very specific motion? And what routines or rituals can you install? And can it be the same for each one or does it need to be slightly nuanced? Like, do you need to have five minutes to yourself? Do you just shut the door? Do you need to turn on a specific song or meditation or audio book? Or, you know, do you need to just dance like a, like a maniac at a silent disco in your (laughs) office for five minutes? Who cares? Who cares what it is? Just answering the question, what it is and doing it. And guess what? Some of the fun is just trying it. Some of the, the, the most beneficial time is a retrospective to say, is there a time where I didn't intentionally prepare, but I showed up? What did I do before that? Now don't go as deep as like, what did I eat? You know, and I'll be like, well, dim sum every, every day before a a one-on-one, I'm going to eat dim sum. It sounds amazing, but it could be incredibly restrictive of, of, of lots of things. But right, what did you right. do? Though, though there, there may be times some things you eat might affect you, but yeah, don't, don't go. If we go that level all the time, it Correct. might be a little tiring. But though I, I, I do need to derail this Uh-oh. just a bit. I think you just divulged that you're a closet dancer. Is that what I'm hearing? And you just need a little disco yeah, I mean, time. Sometimes you just dance it out, bro. <laughs> Put your headset on and you just get the wiggles out. That's what I used to tell my kids. <laughs> get the wiggles out. Yeah. So good. Okay. So not necessarily morning, not necessarily night, more rituals and routines and, and how you, how you show up. Definitely uh, f- figuring out what are the roles we're playing and which roles need intentionality and what are, what are the rituals and routines per role? I think it's also, so, so it's by role. It's also by time of day and different, different aspects. I am a big fan of before I go to bed doing mm-hmm. certain things. So. I'll call it a night routine because I go to bed every night, but I've learned that if I do certain things and if I don't do certain things, I don't sleep as well. And I don't wake up as refreshed. Mm. It's, and the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing, wow, I noticed the nuance of that. I didn't write in my quick journal. I didn't pray. I didn't brush my teeth. Little things like when you just fall asleep and you stumble, you know, up from the couch into the bed, just things that happen like that. When I don't have my normal, simple ritual at night, I just, I'm not as refreshed. I'm not as prepared. I'm not as ready. So figure out what works for you and, and experiment, be, be a scientist behind this and, and have a hypothesis and, and then test it and try it for a few days and then see what worked and what didn't and, and share it with your partner, share it with your team, whatever, whatever that is, but figure out the roles you want to have rituals and routines with and figure out the timing of day of when, when things are important. Quick, quick tangent on the roles. As I, as I coach with CEOs around the world, one thing that I've learned with, with many of them is a role that they've inherited without them realizing is chairman of the board. And so when, when we helped, when I've helped multiple of them 
take off their CEO hat and create a new hat of chairman of the board, they have a completely different mindset and outlook and their energy is different in those particular settings where it's necessary. Because very often they're leading a board as well as leading an executive team. And, and it requires nuanced leadership skills and a different mindset and their, their energy to be different. But until we, if we didn't discover that difference, then they're leading the same way and they're feeling inferior or they're feeling insecure or they're feeling selfish or egotistical when it comes to their board members versus no, I'm the chairman of the board and therefore I'm leading in a different way. And then they see the end from the beginning and they go from there. So that's just a little example of roles that we have that sometimes we don't stop to realize, oh, I, I do have different roles. Don't even realize that, but mm. I do. Sometimes that chairman of the board is, is very official, but very often, especially in private companies, it isn't official. It's just kind of the unspoken. And so maybe who is the most most in, in investor who's, who's really invested the most and they have more skin in the game, they kind of assume that role. Or maybe it's you or maybe it's someone else. But man, if you're leading the company, we, we need, I need my clients and they need themselves to really show up and lead powerfully with their board. So just a little example inside of this of what roles we have and what rituals and routines we have within each role to help us be our best, no matter yeah, what and, role and we're listen, playing. And listen, maybe you're, you're hearing Jeff and saying, man, I'm an individual contributor hoping to be a manager. I'm a manager hoping mm -hmm. to like move up into, into kind of that next level of leadership. I, I can't even think about chairman of the board. Here's what I want you to hear. When you focus on one aspect of leadership in your life, you're ignoring others. So if you're an individual contributor and you want to be a manager, uh, you're thinking of managing and leading the people who are reporting to you. You have to manage the people that are, are, that are your peers at your same level. So you have to manage to your left and manage to your right. And you have to manage up. You have to control the message. You have to control the narrative. You have to mm -hmm. set the, you have to you know, set expectations. So we get so fixed on just almost who is, who are we charged with leading in this moment that we don't think about how we best lead them by communicating laterally and up, whether, whether you're right. at the top, you're like, you're never at the top. <laughs> that's, that's the thing, but right. you're, there's always someone above you that you have to communicate with. So great. You're the, the chairman of the board of a publicly traded company. It's not just the board. It's now the investors. It's now you have to, right. you have to you know, review and, and, and release official earnings document, fiscal stuff. There's always someone you got to communicate with. You always have to switch your right. hat. You always have to make sure that it's not just the straight line, there are dotted lines. And those dotted lines typically focus on communication less than like accountability. Mm -hmm. Those are the areas where you got to think. So Jeff, something else you said that I want to touch on is like your, your, you know, nighttime routine. So I think I have two shutdown mm -hmm. routines because I'm, I'm very intentional about the hats I wear. Right. So I, when I come mm -hmm. into the office, I'm, I'm in work mode. When I go home, I'm in home mode. Home mode sees me as a, as a husband, as a father, as a son, as a brother, right. As a friend, if I get those, if I don't shut one mode off and, and turn the other one on, that's detrimental. If I take work mode home <laughs> or home mode to work, not that I'm a different person. There are just times where I need to make quick decisions at work because everyone's looking to me and counting on me and it has to be decisive right. and quick because things are going awry. Not to say there's aren't, there aren't those times at home, but if I default to that motion at home, 
I am not, like that, that's not good for me. And right. so for me, I have shut down routines that allow me to transition from one of those roles to the next. That's what works for me. So I have my nighttime shutdown routine at home, but before that I have my end of day shutdown routine professionally. So when I close out my day professionally, before I drive home or drive home or go walk the block a couple of times to simulate a transition physically from one location to the next, if I'm working from the house, I, Important, it is, by the way. right. You can't just, it, the work from home, I think blurred so many lines. And I think that's a big problem. Yeah. That's why we're going through all these routine and ritual audits because not right. because they didn't work, right. we stopped doing them. And then when we started doing yeah. them again, the world had changed. So they didn't work. So, I mean, that's maybe how we should open this totally. episode because I, that's the right. ultimate problem. But, but again, I shut down at work professional Richard so that I can be personal Richard. I can be husband. Mm -hmm. I can be father. I can be son. Mm -hmm. I can be friend. Uh, I can be brother. I shut down that so that I can be principal partner. I can be executive leader. I can be, I can be the, the guide right? The communicator of the company internally and externally. Right. And I got, I can't get those confused. So at the end of the day, how do I mm -hmm. make sure I'm best prepared for the next time that I put my hat on as professional Richard, right? I, I have a very specific shutdown routine to make sure not only am I prepared for my day the next day, but that something doesn't get stuck in the computer processor that is my mind. Something doesn't enable me, right. doesn't hold me in this role because I just didn't close that door. So hmm. I've got to go through my calendar for the next day. I got to go through my inbox and make sure critical communication happened. I know, and I have everything to be prepared for tomorrow. I look at my big three initiatives for the week and for the day. What did I say I needed to get done? Am I on track? Do I need to change anything? That's how I closed out. And, and if I'm at work, honestly, I pick up my desk a little bit because to me, what can shake me is if I walk into my office the next day and I'm ready to get started and it's a mess. What am I going to do? I'm going to start by picking yeah. it up. That's not the most right. powerful motion for me in the same right. way that I know in the morning, one of the things I need to do to be in my best self is I need to have physical activity. If I don't lay my gym clothes out the night before, then I'm not going to do, I'm not going to probably go to the gym the next morning. So how am I preparing right. at a shutdown ritual to make sure that my kickoff ritual, my startup ritual is successful. These are the ways that I'm thinking about these different rituals and preparing, I, sh I, I shut down to make sure I can transition into that next like predominant aspect of my life where I need to lead. But I also shut down to make sure that I'm prepared when I step back into this role the next time for it to be powerful and seamless. Totally. Totally. So the questions are, what, what are your rituals and routines? Yeah. You, you, the listener, you, the, the jogger, the business leader, the, the cycler, whatever you're doing right now. What are your rituals and routines? What can up level? Why? And what end do you want to create? And what will need to be true in order for that end to come to fruition based on your decisions and your actions right now? For the curious, we started by talking about our, how we opened last week and it was a total debacle and we realized the irony, we didn't do our routine ritual. What is our ritual before this? Well, well I'll tell you, we pray, we pray together. And that may be personal and people may be like, why, why are you sharing that? I think it's important to just for people to know. We pray for guidance. We pray for help. We, we pray that people can learn what they need to learn to become a better leader. But that's super important for us. We feel like we're doing something much bigger than just me and Richard. And we feel like leaders can literally influence millions and millions around the world. So why not ask for divine mm -hmm. help? So we do. 
we do that. We also talk about what's the thematic, um, goal that we have. And then what are two to five bullet points we want to make sure we cover. And then we make sure we let it riff so that we're not too rigid and too scripted. Cause as you can tell, when we talk, we, we play around We're we're not scripted. We aren't super robotic, but we do have intentionality and we do have some core tenants that we want to make sure that we cover, but that's it. That's our ritual. It's not super intensive. Mm-hmm. It takes five minutes or so. Maybe sometimes you left 10. part out. <laughs> you oh, left no. part what did, out. I, what did mm-hmm. I leave out? We hit the, the red button. <laughs> we hit the red button and when there's the this awkward <laughs> countdown that happens in our platform. It starts with six and then kind of bounces around and somewhere goes to three, two, one before the recording starts. And, and we make stupid faces at each other and sometimes we dance. And uh, those are, and you probably yeah, hear that. Listen, here's why, like, why do we pray? Why do we say, why do we, we joke around. We don't take ourselves too seriously, but we take this show and the topic of leadership very seriously. So why do we dance mm-hmm. and make silly faces? Why do we pray? Why do we, why do we talk about what is the problem? What is the solution? If people are experiencing the problem, how will that show up in their lives? We do those because what do we need people to know, feel, think, do? You're the people, the listener. Right. If we don't want to take ourselves too seriously, then we dance and we make stupid faces because if this is about us, we failed you. So if yep. we, if we lighten up and do silly things before the, the, the record button can't go live and we take ourselves too seriously. So I don't actually mm-hmm. like from a, is that my natural state? No, it's not. But if I just do me, then it's not about you. It's about me. And what Jeff said is serious. What Jeff said is true. We believe that leadership has the ability to impact millions of people. We believe that we can share some of our failures and, and, and help thousands of leaders not make the same mistake. So if it's about us, then we failed. If we don't take ourselves too seriously, then we'll share openly and honestly. So sometimes you make silly faces and you wiggle a little bit because it's really hard to take yourself too seriously after that. Totally. That's the way that we intentionally show up to the show. Not because it is normal, not because it is easy, but because it's where we need to do to show up in the right way that we believe we're adding value. So that's, that's our routine here. It's, it's silly and it may not be right for you, but don't think of what we do. Think of the reasons that we did it to overcome our own inefficiencies, our, our, our own brokenness and say, where are the areas Mm -hmm. that my brokenness shows up when I'm leading people at home, at work, at school, in, in my recreational activities. And how could I do something that would fill me up or break me down so that I could show up in a powerful way? So well said. So great. So hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. More importantly, I hope there are actions you can and will take. We'd love to hear from you as well. Share, share what resonated with you, share what you've changed because of this episode, because truly we only get better when we look in the mirror and see Mm. where our faults are and just humbly say, ah, there it is and move on and, and implement instead of just wish or say I'm busy or all the reasons why we can't take action. Even if it's just one thing, just do one thing, take decisive action and make, make that change. Cause that's how things evolve. That's how we improve. That's how we grow. That's how we become, wait for it, ready to lead. Mm. Gotta love it. But seriously, that's how it works. So thank you everybody for listening in today. Please share this with your friends, relatives, loved ones. 
anyone that can benefit from creating your own rituals and routines to show up more powerfully, more, more positively and more abundantly in everybody's lives, starting with our own. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Ready to Lead show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to stay updated on the release of new episodes, be sure to hit that follow button. And Jeff and Richard, they want to hear from you. If there's an episode topic you'd like to hear them dive into, or something about today's episode that was a big breakthrough, or maybe even something you disagree with, they want to know. Send them an email at feedback at readytolead.com. Thanks again for tuning into this episode. We'll see you on the next one.